Do I sound okay? Yeah, you sound bodacious, babe. Thanks, honey. If I was the president, I'd be Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Rupert, you're being recorded. Oh, thank you for telling me, as you are legally obligated to. Yep. Avoid any legal snags. I don't want you to feel like you're, I'm violating you in any way. <laughs> I kind of want to feel that way, though. So if we could make that happen, mm. I'd maybe appreciate it. Alexa, how do I give a digital reach around? <laughs> Google's COVID safe Blumpkin. <laughs> yeah so i'm fucking ready to go i have zero zero things prepared the only thing i did was um scryfall search how many creatures were printed with power or toughness more than 10 because i was curious huh a lot Why is that? um crab people looks like crab talk like people or the crab meme the fucking crabs yeah that should probably be one of the intro songs. I like that already. Also, you need to name this episode Party On. Excellent. Thought about that early this morning. That's my only idea for this whole episode. I actually thought about it, and I was going to name it Death of the Party. Oh, or <laughs> Life of the Party. <laughs> <laughs> what is up, you rune crabs? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, still waiting for a callback from Stoneforge Mystic, Tyler. And joining me is a special guest, Avenger of Zendikar's stepbrother, Rupert. Rupert, what is going on, man? Oh, you know, I'm just kicking back. I'm going to be on the podcast for a third time, I guess. I, I love that at the end of your first appearance, you said, oh, no, I'm, I'm just going to never be on this again. Yeah, I even called it some shit or the shit, too, which is accurate. But here yeah, I you, am. Insult, you insulted the podcast, me being a good friend just decided to have you on another two times yeah the whole good friend thing is subjective but that's cool i mean we can move on from that talk yeah, about I'm, I'm speaking my truth okay <laughs> <laughs> your truth yeah one man's truth is another man's not truth i guess yeah that math checks out mm -hmm. <laughs> so what have you been up to dude nothing you know just working looking at some magic shit playing borderlands living life oh my god borderlands yeah it's talk a game about, you ever hear of her yeah talk about the greatest franchise of games ever yeah we could but we might as well start a uh the tyler rupert borderlands podcast because that could go for a long time oh my god dude i could i might <clears throat> be able to talk about borderlands longer than i talk about magic in some realms for sure i fucking love that i love both of these real fucking nerdy into that shit yeah i am a child oh yeah i yeah i'm there's i'm the farthest thing from an adult that's why i play a child's card game <laughs> and i talk about video games yeah play with cardboard and plastic it's just my life um i don't see what's wrong with that Nothing. Only God can judge me. <laughs> well, dude, speaking, of, I mean, we're talking about games. We might as well talk about Magic the Gathering. That does qualify as a game, right? Um, yeah. If skateboarding's a sport. No, I play skateboard. Skateboarding is most certainly a sport. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, right on. This is a game, then, sure. Absolutely, it's a game. And we got new pieces for the game. Yeah, we have, like, 280 new pieces for the game. Is that actually the number that's in the set? I don't know, but it's not 280 new pieces exactly. I mean, reprints and shit, but it's 280 like virtual new pieces. I mean, there's something no, like that. There's no repeated arts, I don't think. Um, so not that I saw, saying, honestly. Yeah, it's 280 at least new art pieces. New somethings. They're definitely new somethings. Yeah, we're talking about Zendikar Rising. We're finally sitting down and doing a Zendikar Rising spoiler review. 
I have input. I'm not going to say it's like educated input or like while input, but you guys are already this far into the podcast. Like you might as well listen to the next hour plus. That's true. Yeah. Like you've already committed just the mm-hmm. sitting down to start it. Right. That's that's the j- j- step in the door. You might as well just walk through it now. Mm-hmm. But, but I did want to have you on for this because you like deck building. You do have a unique angle that you look at cards word and i do honestly check these out a lot of the time while sets are coming out i always follow spoilers because i do like limited runs and playing like a lot of drafts so being at least like slightly knowledgeable in the format that you're drafting or playing some sealed event of is definitely beneficial oh without question and the one thing that i think is the most beneficial going into a limited format is just being well versed (laughs) in the mechanics a hundred percent so why don't we just take a look at the mechanics for Zendikar Rising. Let's do it. First off, let's talk about the returning mechanics. We have both Kicker and Landfall coming back, and I could not be happier about it. Yeah, both solid mechanics. They've been around since um, before original. Landfall came around with OG Zendikar. Correct. But Kicker's been around since way before that. Yeah, I want to say like Onslaught or something. Was it's, I Don't fact check me on that because I don't think I'm right. But yeah, please don't. we're going to say just for the sake of nobody fact checking me, Onslaught was the first time the kicker was around. Yeah, that's a 100% accurate fact. Yeah, nailed it. And nobody's here to tell me I'm wrong. So that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your thoughts on both Landfall and Kicker? Um, Both of them are super viable in formats that I'm in love with. Like Kicker's so great uh, and limited just having that. Uh, versatility in a card it's great in commander obviously being able to play a shit early game or having that versus that same versatility late game oh yeah and then landfall i mean like if your deck's not running lands i want to see it you can honestly put landfall to so much shit but landfall centered decks are awesome land like heavy land based decks are really cool so adding more cards to their pool totally for that love both oh. these mechanics they're very simple cut and dry i'm That's... totally behind both of these being back in absolutely and that's like you just brought up a good thing about landfall it is such a incredible mechanic because it makes the game just more fun in general like if you don't have a mechanic that capitalizes off of you drawing like your 10th land in a game of limited like that 10th land is going to feel so bad but there's times in or in limited formats that have landfall and i I don't think zendikar rising is going to be any different but you're going to draw that land off top and it's going to feel bad initially, but then you're like, oh, I can play this land and get this trigger and this trigger. And like this guy gets bigger and then this guy will make a token and then something will happen with this. And it makes that land feel so much better. It gives it insane value after that. Yeah, that feels so good. Yeah, and Kicker's on par with like cycling in my book. Both oh, absolutely. Like Kicker's, super versatile. Kicker's one of the greatest limited mechanics of all time. Because like oh, you said, yeah. it... Like early game, those cards are good. Late game, when you do draw that, like again, that tenth land off top, it makes those kicker spells so much better. Like they're impactful early game, they're even more impactful late game, and it gives those cards a little bit more play than just oh, I have this garbage two two that I don't want to draw on turn ten, but now that I can pump another five mana into it, now it's a five five. And right, that's or it comes in with x counters or whatever the or it's returning a card from my graveyard to the battlefield for a fucking really reasonable cost as we might see later like yeah there's some insanely reasonably cost kickers set and kicker is such a cool mechanic too because it's so simple at the very baseline that when they throw 
kicker on something and it does something unique, that feels awesome. Like, it's such a simple mechanic to get your head around, but it's so versatile in its application. You just got to be stoked on that. Yeah, for sure. And, and with a lot of said them, for landfall. Yeah. And a lot of the cards with kicker come in so low casted that, like, it already gets my goat. Because, like, I see a one or a two drop creature. I want to know what the fuck it does if there's text on that creature. So, like, adding that to it, even if it's a rare or mythic, it's up my alley for sure. You can't you can't beat those two mechanics. Like, all-time great mechanics for limited, for constructed, for everything. That's yeah. definitely a big plus two coming back to Zendikar. But two old ones. We got two new ones. We do have two new ones. Yeah. Let's start with the one that I think is less fun, but more powerful. Yep, exactly those two things. That is the double-faced modal cards. Yeah, speaking of versatility and early late game application. These cards are disgusting. And we'll talk about some of the more powerful ones when we get into the actual cards. Of course. But basically the gist is that these cards have one side that is a land and one side that is a spell, whether it's a creature or enchantment, or instant, or sorcery, it can vary. But one side is guaranteed a land, the other side is guaranteed something else, unless it's one of the land land ones, which, again, we'll get into that. Which are also very fucking cool. The ones that I think are particularly potent are the spells that are lands on the other side. This could be a mistake. Um, Some of them, for sure. Some it of them at just... face value might seem like a little high-costed, but then when you really think about its use... Um, yeah, definitely what you're saying. They could borderline on that dangerous threshold. If they somehow aren't too good, Wizards has perfectly tiptoed that line of very powerful mechanic that isn't totally busted, which I hope that's where these... Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily even want to see that line came close to, but I understand that the game needs to come close to it every now and again. Power and cross it, card? sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because like we haven't seen that line being crossed with like, Oko, every single set that's come out. <laughs> uh, Companion, fuck me. Like, everything is so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Companion didn't have any changes to it. It was so perfect right from the get-go. Yeah, and it definitely had that. You have to pay three mana to put it in your hand right from the jump. Yep, let's not forget the fact that that was never a thing. I mean, it's written on the card. <laughs> <laughs> Except for none of that was ever written on the card because... Can you all send us text. your Companion cards back for on your dimes, and then, you know, pay us to have them reprinted accurately, that'd be great. Thanks. Actually, all you have to do, it's really simple. You just have to send it in. You obviously have to pay for the stamp. Send your cards oh, of in. Of course. We have an intern that we're not paying. Fuck they're no. getting credit for their class. And, yeah, and they, and they need to have at least a master's. Yeah. and they're gonna I don't know what's above a master's degree, but they need at least. It's a doctorate degree is what is above a master's degree. Don't be talking fancy to me, all right? They're they're doctors of art, and they're just going to color on the cards. Oh, pay three mana, just in real small. <laughs> Got to read fine print, boys. But yeah, these cards are, the flip cards are pretty, pretty cool. But I think the power level is just through the roof. Like early game, it's a land almost 100% of the time. But right. late game, it's almost 100% of the time going to be that spell. That versatility is inherently so, so good. Like you just get to run uh, like four additional lands in your deck. You never get land screwed. And then when you don't need the land, it's just a fucking wrath of God or it's a wheel of fortune or it's one of these other a million things that these cards do that is just nuts. Yeah, 100%. Honestly, thinking about it, 
it's kind of like how I think about lands when I'm dealing with Popper Commander, not to immediately obviously compare it to that, but like you have to have that utility in the lands in that format. And these kind of have equivalent utility that I'm looking for. Like obviously the power level is far and away from what I usually look at. But in the same exact light, I'm feeling these cards. Well, actually, I think that's a really, really good analog because some of the lands in Popper Commander that you use as like spell lands, I guess, like desert and things like that, that have an ability. Yeah, Haunted Fengraph is a perfect example of lands that have an ability that's you're you're playing that land more for the ability than its mana source. These are a really, really, really good analog for that because the abilities on these lands, which is actually just the spell side, is up to snuff with the power level of constructed, whether it be standard or pioneer. Some of these cards in a lot of cases might even be modern or legacy playable where those lands that we're talking about on popper commander, because the inherent power level of those cards is a little bit lower because they're playing, we're playing commons. Those fit into that a lot better. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I like lands. I always like lands and I always like the idea of having a good toolbox in your deck. And to be able to combine the two, I, I just love it. Well, again, these are Snap-on brand lands because they are <laughs> quite the tool. I prefer Craftsman, thank you. <laughs> They're Milwaukee brand lands, then. Ooh, Makita. This welcome to the Fetch and Shock Tools podcast. Yeah, Fetch and Shock High End Power Tool Brand podcast. Next week we'll be reviewing the uh, Craftsman Socket Wrench set. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> The 2021 release. We got we'll be, it early, boys. We'll be comparing the Cobalt and Dewalt power saws. <laughs> but in the meantime, we're going to be talking about Party. The more fun, less powerful mechanic from this set. Oh, you like to party, dude? I fucking love to Actually, I hate to party and go outside, especially right now. But like, even not right now. I've been talking about that with people at work. And they're like, yeah, COVID should start to like, especially get to me being so far into it. And I'm like, yeah, honestly... I like staying inside and not dealing with people, so this is still fine. Like, seven months later, I'm doing all right. Yeah, the introverts are really thriving right now. Yeah, everything's fine. I'm still riding high (laughs) off the steam summer sale. I don't know what everybody's bitching about. (laughs) I don't know why everybody's complaining about the pandemic. (laughs) I have all this time to play these games. (laughs) Yeah, you guys guys know new magic sets coming out, though, right? Like, (laughs) it's going to be good. (laughs) Commander. Play Commander. Yeah, fun. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> if you want to have a real party, Commander's where it's at. But also, if you want to have a real party, I'd imagine you'd be able to do a good amount of it in yeah, Zenicar Rising with the party get, mechanic. You get your favorite cleric, your favorite rogue, your favorite warrior, maybe your favorite wizard. You hang out. I love this so much. I could talk about party for probably the entire podcast. I love our old old RPGs. I love Dungeons and & Dragons and tabletops. And this especially with the 2021 timeline that came out recently with the Dungeons Dragons crossover set coming out next year. Oh, I'm fucking happier than a clam right now. I I really enjoy Party. Like, that's such a cool mechanic. But for those of you who don't know, Party, it is a mechanic centered around having different types of creatures in your party. So your party can consist of, uh, like Rupert mentioned, a cleric, a rogue, a warrior, and a wizard. And if you have any number of those or possibly all of them, the cards will either be cheaper or do something else in addition to their normal ability based on how full your party is. Right. Right. An asterisk to that 
only one creature can fill each of those one rolls. So your shapeshifters are just one of those things. Um, some cards in this set say that they are all of those things, but they're still only filling one role in your party at any given time. Yeah, so let's say Even if they're all of those potential roles. Yeah, if you have a creature on the battlefield that's a rogue wizard, <clears throat> it can be a rogue or a wizard, but it cannot be both in your party. Correct. Which, I mean, if you think about it in the sense of, like, that old-school RPG, like, tabletop RPG mindset, in order to have a full party, you can't just have two dickheads that are a wizard rogue and a cleric warrior. Right. Like, that's not a full party. Correct. I love this mechanic as well. I and honestly, if you really could have flavor. one shapeshifter on board with some of these cards that say full party and shit, it'd be so fucking broken. We talked about the other thing being on that threshold. This would be yeah. so far past the threshold. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if you just had like shapeshifter and it covered all the bases, this mechanic would be over the top. A thousand percent. I mean, even then, I think you could probably build a sweet commander deck around party, especially if we get party revisited in the D&D set. Like, there could be a party commander deck that would be sick. Oh, hell yeah. There's already been some legendary party creatures that came out. There's a mo there's a five-color party commander. Are you talking about Tazri? Um, yeah, probably. Tazri um, yes, of Unity. I am. We're getting there. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's not do that. We're not done talking about party yet. Okay. Well, well I mean, we can talk about party to, as we're talking about. To be specific, Tazri. I'm not done talking about party yet. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll put the Tazri on pause. <laughs> I didn't even think about it potentially showing backup in that D&D set, but that would make sense. Or if they had like a complementary mechanic that comes out in that set, that would also be super rad. Because we've I mean, obviously seen magic crossover into D&D, but we've never really seen D&D crossover into magic, correct. which is fucking tight. I'm so it's stoked. Way cool. And then we, before we get too far into the spoilers, um, we did just kind of BS about this the other day, not necessarily a party-based commander deck, but a party-based commander format. So you take the party idea and maybe instead of um, having the 100-card singleton, you do that. What's the one with planeswalkers? And you have one equipment or one spell with it. What the hell was that thing called that sucked ass? It lasted like 10 seconds. Oathbreaker. Oathbreaker, yeah. So it'd kind of be like Oathbreaker. Like you could have... Uh, it would be like a four or five person kind of party for format. And you could have like a 60 card singleton with like one rogue leading your shit. And maybe they have an equipment. Maybe your wizard has an instant or some shit. And you're basically fighting this arch enemy like D&D campaign like deck. That's maybe somewhat linear. Maybe not. Who knows? But I don't know. Very loose ideas. But even I mean, if magic doesn't do it. I mean, like, we'll just fucking make it ourselves. That's what we've done in the past. Oh, absolutely. We will. We can refine that turd into something that's, like, actually playable and fun. Oh, I yeah, know we'll polish the shit out of it. I mean, that's what we do. But, like, the uh, SEG guys, the Commander SEG people, they did one really similar to, like, a D&D kind of take where they all built, like, a deck built around, like, a class in Dungeons & Dragons. And then they battled it against, a, like, a zombie deck. And they oh, have why do I feel like I actually online. have seen this a long time ago? I think I might have ago. sent it to you a while ago. This is a pretty old video. Yeah, for sure. This is sounding familiar, actually. Yeah, if definitely. If I can pick it up, I will post it in the Discord. That's the Fashion Shock Discord. You can find the link uh, in the description of this episode or on our Twitter. So shout out to the Fashion Shock Discord. But if you just build a deck like that, 
that has tiers to it that are more powerful. And then your, your team or your party just battles that. That's the perfect way to execute. Hell yeah. I just love that party idea being applied to anything. Because I didn't remember until re- literally right now. But when Fortnite, yeah, because I'm 10 years old, started to fucking be a thing past like its <laughs> original game. Um, before it was like this big hit, people were just like playing it in this weird snowflakey way. And I remember watching this group of four homies play it and they were each trying to take that role basically. Like one was a healer, one was a tank, one was more DPS. And then I don't even know what the fourth role would have been, but like just kind of filling those like MMO roles, but like those early RPG roles at the core. It's yeah. just a super fucking cool concept inside and out when applied to literally anything to me. I mean, and you that you can just apply that to a lot of different <laughs> things and it works out great. Fuck, you could be picking up you could pick up Pokemon Red and find a way to incorporate the party concept into your Pokemon party if you really wanted to. Yeah, you could have like a tanky Pokemon, you could yeah. have like a very like specialty Pokemon, you could you could do That's all this. That's pretty shit. much what Pokemon is. Pokemon is Dungeons and Dragons. Oh my god, we just cracked the code. Are you seeing all these numbers and shit like we're in the matrix right now? Because that's oh, what I'm shit. seeing. A. My head is spinning. <laughs> but yeah, but right. speaking of party. Yeah, I'm done talking about party. Let's talk about the I I think the flagship mythic when we're discussing party. That is Tazri Beacon of Unity. Right on. She is sick, man. Uh, yeah, she is. So she is five mana, four and a white for a four six. She's a legendary creature, human warrior. She says this spell costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. So she can cost as little as one white mana, which is sick. And for either two in a blue, two in a black, two in a red, and two in a green, you look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal up to two cleric, rogue, warrior, wizard, or ally cards from among them. Put them into your hand, the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Yeah, pretty good. So you got a full party. You just paid one mana for a 4-6. Who cares what it says after that, if it said anything at all. But it does have more text, and that text is super fucking relevant and diverse. And the the option to play the colorless or colored mana on that, super fitting. Oh, yeah, because then you can can kind of tune your deck to a way where if you don't really want to play red, you could just play five color minus red. I definitely see people playing this as their commander very oh i want to i definitely want to party with tazer hell yeah that seems like a lot of fun all right so we just start going down the line then is that what this is about yeah i mean are there any notable like white cards that you want to just talk about almost never it's a stupid color (laughs) wow dude pew 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 pew, ouch my feelings no i mean i see cards like angel of destiny and like whatever it's a mythic it does crazy life things i'm just with i with cards like this i just don't really care i mean it's it's probably a good good card i just it doesn't fit anywhere into my life the fact that angel of destiny has the the i win button on it that's pretty slick because you don't really see that super often especially on white cards that's true and the way that it does it is pretty cool too with the group hug like the minor group hug aspect Because it's making your opponent gain that life, too. Well, the thing is, the way that this card works, the text says whenever a creature you control... Are they just netting zero? 
you and that player each gain that much life. So the damage is dealt and then they gain life back. So that's net zero for them. Oh, fuck. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. So so you're just gaining life. Yeah. So it basically gives all of your creatures lifelink and it deals zero damage to your opponent. And then when you have 15 higher life than your starting life total, if the angel hits an opponent, which it's, it's a flying double striker for five mana, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, they're dead. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, it's still cool, but there's cool I think the shit. cards actually are cool. But again, it's like if you're into angels, you, you should be into this card. Big dragons, big angels. They're badass. They're cool. I'll play well, them. Yeah. But let's talk about one of these uh, potentially busted modal lands yeah. now. Speaking of angels, but much more on par with what I'm talking about. Yeah. We're talking about Amiria's Call and its flip side, Amiria Shattered Skyclave. Yeah. Um, I think this card's pretty dumb. This card's pretty busted. Even so, at seven mana, is this... I mean, I yeah, obviously it can so, come yes. in untapped. This will still be played. I cannot definitely still see this being played in a lot of formats. Definitely a land in Commander. I mean, naturally. Um, I think the power level in this card, besides the inherent, like, oh, you can play it as a land early, and then when you have seven mana, you can cast this very powerful spell... That's obvious across the board with all of these. This one, I think, is particularly powerful for control reasons, because when you play the seven mana spell, you get eight power and eight toughness worth of creatures separated into two four fours, both of which have flying and non-angel creatures you control gain indestructible until the end of turn or till the end of your next turn. Right. That's not irrelevant text. Honestly, the second part is more relevant to me than the first. Like, you could do this, like, play this pre-combat, and then attack with whatever you have on the battlefield. It's not going to go anywhere. You have two 4-4 four, four blockers if you need it. And even if this card just for 7 mana gives you two 4-4 four, four flyers, that means your opponent either has to have a Wrath the next turn, or they have to waste two removal spells to kill both of your new threats. Yeah, fair enough. This card's pretty good. It's a lot of mana. It's still under curve, but that's still so much mana. Yeah, but that's I think that's where the payoff is, right? Like you get to play the the first and maybe second copy that you draw as lands. True. That's but true. But then that third copy, that's four four angels. The fourth copy, that's four four angels. Like get after it. Alright, you got me. And the art is impeccable. Oh, the art on both sides is incredible. Yeah, a hundred percent. We'll get we'll get into it more, but there's definitely a lot of good art in this set. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of another good art and also another incredible Magic the Gathering card, could we just take a moment to talk about the only potentially Death and Taxes worth card in the entire set? Oh, uh, the one that says hate your opponent? Yeah, that's the one. You're yeah. talking about Archon of Amiria. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> this card is sick. Yeah, I figured you would say so. Actually, I wanted your opinion. I didn't figure you'd say so. I figured you'd have an opinion on this based on Death and Taxes. I have a very strong opinion on this. Um, let me give you the good news first. <laughs> the good news is it's a white creature. It has flying and it says each player can't cast more than one spell each turn and non-basic land your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped. Now, those two abilities are on cards that have seen play in Death and Taxes before, both in Edelon of Rhetoric is the first ability and then Thalia Heretic Athar is the second ability. So jamming those into one body, pretty efficient, right? Like that that just covers two bases that you had to use two separate cards for before. Fair. Putting it yeah. in the air also helps. Yeah, it does. It does have flying. So the flying part, I mean, it tangles with Delver. Like I'm okay with trading with Delver. That's okay with me. 
Now let me talk about the bad news. The bad news is it's three mana. Yeah, that's a lot. The three mana spot, especially in Legacy Death and Taxes, is very, very highly contested. There are absolute hitters in that three mana spot that are just irreplaceable. Yeah, you're going to play your Flicker Wisp. You're going to play Sanctum Prelate. You're going to play Recruiter of the Guard. And speaking of Recruiter of the Guard, this can't be fetched by Recruiter. That's a big, big issue. It being a 2-3 and not a 3-2 really sucks shit. Because if you want to play this card as like an impactful threat for its abilities, you have to play more than one. Where for a lot of those other like Silver Bullet cards, you only have to play one because you get Recruiter and the Recruiters are essentially your second, third copy of that card. That makes me feel uh, on the fence about this card. I'm like 51% that this is definitely playable in Legacy in the right meta. But the three mana makes me skeptical. The fact that you can't recruit it, skeptical. I will be testing this, but I do not have incredibly high hope. Fair enough. Keep me posted. I'm always interested to see how your deck's going. Absolutely. Also, can we just give a shout out to Ryan Pankos, greatest artist of all time? Did the art for (laughs) Archon of Amiria? A big fan. Yeah, I see that he also did Angel of Destiny. I like her wing. Oh, yeah. He did a wow. lot insane art in this set. Which, I mean, every single thing he does is insane, so what do you expect? <laughs> the goat's gonna goat. Fair enough. I don't know that we were talking about Omar Ayan, but that's okay. Oh, does he have any art in this set? No, but he's the goat. Okay, that's fair. I'm not gonna <laughs> disagree with that. All right, moving on. We got a sick party card. I love one drops. They tickle my fancy. This is what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. We're talking about Archpriest of Iona. Shout out yep. to Iona. <laughs> Who the fuck's Iona? Do you, is that a thing in magic that I probably don't, should know about? Absolutely. Iona, the 7-7 angel that enters the battlefield and you name a color and opponents can't cast spells oh, that color. Yeah, okay. I do know who that is. 100%. Yeah, Iona is uh, a very powerful match with the Gathering card. Yeah, I mean, obviously this thing comes down as a 1-4-1. So right off the bat, pretty cool with me. So you got your cleric. You need three more. It does at the beginning of combat on your turn. If you have a full party, target creature gets plus one and plus one and gains flying until end of turn. Well, if that's your banger, that's just like you need to get in with something. There you go. I mean, cute little one drop. Gains flying. Yeah, pretty good. That's pretty good. And like, let's let's live in the magic Christmas land, right? Where you do have a full party. So you have this guy and then. Also, a warrior, a wizard, and a rogue. Or if you're only, yeah, if you're missing that cleric and you drop him on turn four or whenever you get that thing out, whenever you hit your full party and you drop him as your full party, he comes in as a 4-2 for one that has immediate application in combat. Yeah, and he can just be a 5-3 flyer in combat. Yeah, fair enough. For one mana. He isn't legendary. That's a real thing. Fair enough. Like, let's play your aggro deck. Let's have this as a one-drop slot, and let's get busy. I want to throw this white weenie around, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that this card's what's up. I really like that card. Hell yeah. All right, keep us going, brother. All right, uh, the next one I want to talk about is Legion Angel. I right. really like this card. It is a big, beefy version of the best version of Ancestral Recall, which is Squadron Hawk. Yeah, Squaw, of course. Squaw! <laughs> Hundred percent. Yeah, Squadron Hawk, the origin, the the better than original Ancestral Recall. Right. Because, you get a creature out of it. Yeah, you can just draw three creatures instead of just drawing three random cards. Because what's better than drawing a random card? Uh, knowing that you're drawing a flyer. Right. Well, you don't even have to draw one here. 
yeah, this card is sweet. Four mana for a 4-3 flyer, and when it enters the battlefield, you may reveal a card from outside of the game named Legion Angel and put it into your hand. So you just shove these bad boys into your sideboard, play this one, and then just repeat the process. Yeah, pretty good. I'll tell you what, a 4-3 for 4 flyer that draws you another 4-3 for 4, that's some pretty thick power level right there. Being an angel, relevant. Being a warrior, relevant. I was just about to say, it's a weird world where we're just like, angel, yeah, I mean, that's a cool creature type, but did you see this thing as a warrior? (laughs) Like, what a world we live in. Yeah, hell yeah. That's so... Um, I like this Luminarch Aspirant. I mean, just a two-drop for 1-1 with a pretty awesome ability. Yeah, I like that card a lot. I also like Maul of the Skyclave, just because if they start printing equipment that say when it enters the battlefield, attach it to something, sign me up. Yeah, I do really like that. Like, just throwing that ability on an equipment just makes that equipment so much better. I mean, look at Living Weapon. Living Weapon is such an incredible ability to put on equipment. Hell yeah. Because it just immediately that. makes it an impactful card. Like Batter Skull, Batter Skull would be unplayable if it didn't have Living Weapon. But because it does, that card's insane. Yeah. Now, Maul of the Skyclave, not Batter Skull. And I'm not going to try to tell you this, because it isn't, but it is sweet. And then I think the last white card that I really wanted to talk about was uh, Undo Inversion, which its flip side is Undo Sky Ruin. Yep, it's another high-casted, pretty fucking good flip card. Yo, yeah. This is the flip side is a land that enters the battlefield tapped, and it adds one white. And the spell side is eight mana, destroy all non-land permanents. Yeah, gotta love that. Gotta love a good, you know, um, planar cleansing. I mean, and that's like a that's a pretty reasonable casting cost, I think, for something that destroys not all non land permanent. Yeah, um, I mean, for it being on staple to the back of a land for for sure. Yeah, that's that's pretty powerful stuff. I mean, it is important to note that all these ones that we talked about already are the face side is the spell, right? So if you get like thoughts. They can thought seize your land away. Fair enough. If you were dependent on that land drop, they can just like, oh, well, uh, I, I see you're short on lands. Uh, how about you don't have that land? Well, um, are you sure that it can be thought seized? Because the front is always the spell. Well, yes. I mean, not, not I guess, thought seized wrong. Okay, hold up, back up. It wouldn't count as a land in your hand. Nope, it does not count as a land so or anywhere. So if something anywhere. specifies land, it doesn't give a shit about your fucking flips. That's what I was trying to think about. It doesn't give a single solitary fuck what the back is. Right. It only cares about the front, and that's why these cards are actually kind of well-designed in that sense, because then it makes things like Life from the Loam and shit like that that gets lands out of your graveyard. Yeah. It doesn't make them totally busted, because there's spells in your graveyard. But the flip side of that coin... If you play it as a land and then have something like uh, like crop rotation that sacrifices a land, when it goes to the graveyard, it's the spell. Right. Which, I mean, you can always recur the spell, but you're not recurring exactly. the land. Yes. So, like, like let's even say, like, the Karoo lands, the, like, enter the battlefield tapped and then you return a land to your hand. If you play one of these lands early because you need the mana and then have one of those Karoo lands later in the game, you bounce this thing and you can just get a spell. It's like, play a land, draw a card? Kind of, which is pretty good. 
Yeah, 100%. That's really fucking... Yeah, so... And this is just further ingraining the fact that these cards are very, very powerful. (laughs) Yeah. But how do you feel about moving on to some blue cards? Um, Not just yet. I don't have anything crazy to go into. We need to talk about Canyon Draboa. This thing is just cute. I don't care what the card says. Uh, This thing's adorable. So check it out. That's all I have to say there. Fearless Fledging. Looks like the chicken from Moana. So also check that out. (laughs) Um... I love Journey, uh, or, like, O-Ring cards. Oh, and the fact that Journey to Oblivion right. is a little bit of Journey to Nowhere, a little and bit of Oblivion, Oblivion Ring. Ring. It's a hun- it's so cool. That's the artist, super run. fucking Kool-Aid man, and I love it. <laughs> I really like this card. Being able oh, to O-Ring yeah. for fucking one is super cool. Not that that's really going to happen all the time, but just really good. Sucks that it's uncommon. Same with Kite Sail Cleric, but obviously that thing is going to be uncommon. But like a 1-1 with flying for one, really good. Kicker yeah, cost, yeah, crazy. Solid. That's insane. Yeah, that's what's up. Um, Nothing else too insane as far as I'm concerned. Uh, no, I mean, there's definitely some decent stuff printed in common with Landfall, but nothing too crazy here, I don't think. There are so, yeah. definitely a lot of like solid cards for limited in this set, as far as like commons and uncommons go for each color. But I want to be able to play with those cards before I actually give a a grade to them, I guess, or just give my synopsis of what they are. Right. Fair enough. All right, we can blue it up. All right, let's tackle some blue cards. Deal. Do we want to start with uh, everybody's least favorite blue planeswalker, Jace? Yeah, sure. Tell me yeah. why this card matters. Um, I don't think this card matters a ton. Um, I didn't think it did. I really wasn't blown away by this. Unless it's standard, which, I mean, I'm not crazy big in standard right now, so I don't know. But oh, Jace, that's still a thing? People still play that? Yeah, it turns out, yeah. Jace Mirror Mage, odd. three mana, Planeswalker, for a four loyalty Planeswalker. But he has Kicker, which I think is cool that they put Kicker on a Planeswalker. Uh, the enough. Kicker says that whenever he enters the battlefield, if he was kicked, uh, create a token that's a copy of him except for it's not legendary and it starts with one loyalty, which I mean, if you just pump out like three of these, that's good value. Yeah. Cause his plus one is scry two and his zero is draw a card and reveal it. Remove a number of loyalty counters equal to that card's converted mana cost from Jay. So it's kind of like a, uh, like a dark confidant, but on a planeswalker. Oh, uh, fair enough. All right. Which I don't hate. Like this it's card an is interesting is card. Engine. But I mean, in the world where you get to kick him even just once, the token copy gets to scry you two, gets to find you a card that hopefully doesn't kill the first one. And then the first one gets to draw that card. So you're basically you're paying five mana for a preordain, which isn't great. But if you get to do that every single turn, that's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of dependence there. But like being able to do it that second turn. Yes. If it doesn't die, right? <laughs> that repeatable ability is very good. Yeah, especially with the second one only coming out with one loyalty. Yeah, that I mean, the sense. first one's going to drop and basically have five on your opponent's turn, but that second one's going to be rough. I mean, even if it even if it even lives, because if you're using a zero ability, its mirror image isn't going to live. Yeah, unless you draw land off top. Right. Which, at that point, if you're dumping five mana into something, you probably want gas. You probably yeah. don't want to rip your land off the top. No. No, it's all right. It's pretty neat, I guess, for not being the biggest fan of Planeswalkers. It's pretty cool. Or Jace, for that matter. Yeah, I don't think he's awful. I don't, I'm don't. i not in love with the card, though. It's neat. 
Move on. Fuck them. All right. Do you want to talk about Seagate Restoration, the blue Mythic Rare land? Yeah, this one's one of the definitely more insane ones. This one's more insane than the white ones, in my opinion. Yeah, Seagate Restoration's pretty nuts. It is the blue version of the flip land, so the land side enters the battlefield tapped unless you pay three life. And the spell side says, draw cards equal to the number of cards in your hand plus one. You have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. Yeah, that's a big, uh, that's a big, big sentence right there for the rest of the game. Oh, yeah. It's Hold like on, fucking wait. City's Blessing, basic. My phone's ringing right now. Oh, it's Commander calling. <laughs> Hello, Commander? Yeah, Seagate Restoration is a, is now a staple. Of, okay, cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Commander just confirmed with me that that card's going to be very good. Yeah, Goldfish is saying that these are $7.78. I can see that going up. Yeah. In pre-release not prices, a lot, not down. a lot. I'm not crazy about this shit. But like you said, it will be a staple in blue. And not even mono blue, because by the time you have seven mana, you can pull off should three have the blue, three blue in pens. most yeah. commander deck. I don't see why you wouldn't be able to unless unless life's not on your side during that game, then you're you'll be fine paying that three blue. Yeah, and you'll be more than stoked to get no maximum hand size for the rest of that game. Especially Absolutely. since you probably just drew like five to six cards. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna play this good. in my Simic commander deck. And drawing double the cards in my hand is going to be me like drawing like 20 cards. Yeah, fair enough. And that's going to feel pretty good. Uh, but let's talk about the last Mythic Rare in this, the blue Mythic Rare in the set. Seagate Stormcaller. Yeah, this is uh, this card's pretty legit. good. This card is legit. Yeah, talking about those low-cost, reasonably cast kickers. So, yeah, this is a two mana for one and a blue, two one. And then when it enters the battlefield, you copy the next instant or sorcery spell... With converted mana cost two or less, you cast this turn. And then if you kick it, which the kicker yeah, just is straight up. blue, which just is you don't a have lot to kick mana. it for that to happen. No, it's you a don't. Two That's mana, just what the two one that copies your next low cast spell. Yeah, That's it's, it. It's straight up about, awesome. It's about as close as we're ever going to get to Snapcaster Mage without actually being Snapcaster Mage. Right. Like in the world where you're just playing like the tempo game, Bolt, Snap Bolt, and Bolt, Seagate, Stormcaller, Bolt is less mana. That's far out. Which is sick. Like, the application isn't going to be the same because, obviously, this one does not have flash. Which so it doesn't give you the ability to play around instant speed deal. stuff. Right. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. But, again, sometimes you don't need flash on Snapcaster Mage. Fair enough. So I think in Standard and Pioneer, this is going to do a very good Snapcaster Mage impression. And I definitely cut you off. We didn't even get to the kicker. Oh, yeah, the kicker cost uh, for, for an additional four and a blue on top of one and a blue. Right. Uh, you get to copy that spell twice. Yeah, instead of just the ones that you do for two mana. That I see coming into play a lot less frequently. Oh, 100%. That would be seven mana to cost. You want seven mana to cast th two bolts or three? I guess it'd be three bolts. Oh, nine damage, seven mana. That's, that's still, a good rate, bud. That's still pretty good. Yeah, it ain't too bad. I mean, you're doing six damage and getting a two one for three mana. One red and a blue. I think I would much rather do that. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah, this card is insane. Absolutely bonkers. There's a card in blue that you might be particularly fond of, though. Um, is that different than Seagate Stormcaller? That's is different. It, yeah. Is it a big bad crab by chance? Maybe. Yeah, because there's a zero seventeen that got printed. Getting printed. It's printed. It's ready to get sold to all you nerds. But it's a fucking 0-17, and that's the greatest toughness that's ever been printed in a legal set. 
the fattest ass ever. There's an uh like a crazy nine 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 card that's from some unset, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, the big fuzzy monster. This thing is fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> this thing is sick. Like four drop for a zero seventeen. What's getting past this aside from you know most removal? But past that, spells your opponents cast the target. Cherix the Raging Isle costs two more to cast. Something like not irrelevant, pretty cool. This is a legendary creature. If you know you're really into uh crab based decks I'm or island based decks because you could pay three colorless and Cherix Cherix gets plus X minus X until end of turn where X is the number of islands you control, which is pretty fucking awesome. And nothing is stopping you from using that twice. Nothing is stopping you from using that three times if you have five mana. And, or I would yes, say the only thing stopping well, five you islands, is rather. 17 toughness. Yeah, pretty much that. But there's Which, definitely cool ways that. around that. I mean, he's going to fit into so many fucking, not so many fucking cool decks, but I know on the other podcast, when we were talking about cards we want to brew around, Arcady's the strategist. Oh, um, what's up? This guy doesn't have defender. No, but, absolutely not. But he's going to assign his damage with his toughness, not his power. So yeah, I'm going to take a 17-0 that's not going to die for four mana. That's insane. Like, I would be mad just on a just a, a logical standpoint of why the largest crab in the multiverse doesn't have any power whatsoever. But I'm going to look past the logic of that just well, because he's of like how an cool island. So you have to power him up with the water around the island. Okay. So he's like an island. He is the raging isle. So he starts out, he's an island. He's 0-17. He's all ass. So if you get that storm brewing, you get that water going, he's going to lose his land base, get aggressive. And oh, and start basically, snapping. Yeah, he's going to fucking use that power of the water. I love oh. that flavor. I love that you just questioned that and I got to fucking think about it. Yeah, my Zendikar is rising. It. You know what the fuck I'm talking about? Bro? Oh my god. I, your Zendikar is rising. I can yeah, see I've it. been waiting like an hour and a half to use that. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you just talked me out of my uh, my logic loop. Yeah. Now I'm on I, board. Did, okay. I didn't really think too much about it being a 0-17. I mean, I, I did, but not for those reasons at all. I would maybe like to see him have Island Walk, even though a land walk ability hasn't been used in fucking one eternity. I can see. It, it would fit on him so well. Yeah, exactly. Like, I oh, can yes, see this being... Island walk has definitely been a thing. Um, it was, but I think they moved away from the land walk. But yeah, this card is uh, pretty neat. 100%. Yeah, super cool card. Love it. I have Don't one more blue card played. that I want to talk about. What you got for me, daddy? I, and this might be my favorite card in the set. Oh, yeah? And it's a shocker that's the not the white card, the Archon of Emeria. It is Glasspool Mimic, or Mimic. Okay. And it is one of those, another, it's a flip one. The f- land side is Glasspool Shore. Rare enters the battlefield tapped. Taps for blue. But the creature side, which this is the cool part, it's a creature. Two and a blue mana for a zero zero. That when it enters the battlefield, it becomes a copy of target creature you control. Except for it's a shapeshifter rogue in addition to its other types. That means this is a spirit. <laughs> and I like that. <laughs> I really like that. This can become all of my favorite spirits. And this might actually be something that pushes me to build the Pioneer Bant Spirits deck. Oh, that would be cool. All right. Yeah, because that's the one thing about that deck is that I either want more lords 
or I want more versatility in my cards. This literally does both. And like you can collect a company into this card. I don't know. And I asked this to Twitter and like I still am not entirely sure what the judge call on this is. But if you collect a company into this, when it enters the battlefield, do you get to choose what side it is? Hmm. I don't know about that. If somebody out there has an idea, uh, slide into the DMs and tell me, because I honestly don't know. But regardless, I think this card is sick. Like yeah. This card is low-key, I think, one of the more powerful flip cards. And people are just like looking past it, like it's nothing. I think this card is nuts. 100%, I can agree with that. I'm giving this card a closer look art-wise. Oh, and I know that people care about, you know, words, but I did not pay attention to the land or the art on the land aspect of this card. Oh, like where it has you, the person kneeling down into the pool. Yeah, and, and then you see only reflections of it yeah. walking up, of the person walking up and bending down. That's fucking insane. Well, that's the wow. glass pool, but it's reflecting like a mirror. Yeah, that's so fucking good. Isn't it? I was just going on the other day, too. I love cards from top to bottom that just work. From like name to art to ability to flavor, like everything just makes so much fucking sense. And this is one of those cards that just super fucking does it. Past and possibility come together in the vastness of infinite reflection. What a cool flavor text. Uh huh. Yeah, this card is just a story in and of itself. Yeah, which is gorgeous. So great blues, great landscape. Everything about that fucking card is really good. I'm on board with you. Great ability too, but that art just man. Yeah, that's again. It's it is a front runner for favorite card in the set. Unbelievable, it's not that. a white card, but that's where we're at. Fair enough. That was the last big one for you in blue? Yeah, is there any other blue cards that you want to touch on? Um, I can definitely see Thieving Skydiver being in a lot of commander decks, just because general artifact is pretty good. I mean, everybody plays artifacts in commander. Being able to steal an artifact is pretty awesome. Yeah, give me that artifact. Especially with a flying creature on top of it. The art's cute. Um, I mean, three mana, two, one, give me your soul ring. Honestly, okay. maddening... I'm going to fuck this up. Cacophony? Cacophony? Cacophony. Yep. Maddening this dude. That's a pretty fucking good mill spell. I mean, the only thing that comes close to that I can think of is the one that does 10 for a blue-black or whatever it is from like original Ravnica. Glimpse the unthinkable. Yeah, that card's really good. And it was expensive as fuck for a really long time. Yeah, like, this, this is like a... With the kicker card is like a combination of that... Plus the one that's like five mana, which just straight up says the second part, which I guess I could. Yeah, I guess I could explain this card. This is a one and a blue for a sorcery that says each, each opponent mills eight cards. Fucking uh, glimpse does not say each opponent. So that's pretty no, awesome for not. commander. And then it has a kicker of three and a blue. And if it was kicked instead, each opponent again, each fucking opponent mills half their library rounded up, which is just fucking far out. Oh, like yeah. very cool. I was never big, like the biggest mill player, but always definitely like a sideline fan of the of the the type of deck. And so, yeah, this is a cool fucking card. I definitely yeah, want to see decks that this is in. This goes into Una like a glove. <laughs> I love it. The fact that, like you said, it says that's insane. Yeah, like yeah. Glimpse, the unthinkable, does not have each opponent that's just target player and traumatize, which is the second half of this card does not do each player or each opponent it is just target player so uh that's what's up oh can we also talk about potentially better hedron crab because um, that's relevant you know, to me it is worse hedron crab in every capacity but yeah we'll talk about it why is it worse because i haven't seen hedron crab in a long time and i did not look it up uh rune crab can only mill an opponent cannot mill yourself correct which i think that is strategic 
Because if you just had eight copies of a card that when you play to land mills yourself, that is busted. That is disgusting. But like the last spell, this one also does each opponent instead mm-hmm. of just one. So, I mean, different decks, different ways it's being played, it's better than Hedron Crab. But yeah, other ways, it's definitely not. I get that. Correct. If you're using Hedron Crab to be a degenerate, then this card's not going to do it for you. But if you're doing Hedron Crab for the fun of it, then Rune Crab's right up your alley. Fair enough. Into the Royal being reprinted. Oh, big shout fan out to of, Into the Royal. Big, big fan fucking fan. Yeah, I play that in almost every single blue pop or uh, popper commander deck. It's really good. Yeah, and that's going to be Mucho Goodo and Limited too. Um, yeah, I mean, at some point we can talk about these showcase promos just because in general, there's a lot going on to them, but they do it in a really smooth way. I'm not usually about these like over-the-top cards that they've been printing recently, like in VIP sets and the Master Shits and all that. Like they're very hit and miss, but mostly miss. But these the borders on these cards, the colors, everything going on with these showcase promos look really fucking good to me. They are tastefully done. Yes, that's a great way to put it. I don't care about the full art borderless bullshits that are just super lazy extensions. I do not give a flip about those, to be honest, but I really like these showcases. I do really like the showcases, too, especially like the text box. It's not like a full borderless card with just a clear text box. It does have some of like that definition inside of it with like the the hedrons. Right. That's a nice oh, oh, yeah. It's, it's a nice yeah, it's super nice. And it works into the border super duper well. Yeah, so shout out to those, because I, I do really enjoy them. Moving right, on up. Move on to some uh, some cards of the black variety. Yeah, we might as well. Let's just stick on the trend of uh, starting off with the uh, dumb Mythic Rare Flipland. Sounds good. Yeah, this one, the art gives me big Death Cloud vibes. It's um, like looking into the River Styx in Disney's Hercules movie. Oh my god, you're so right! <laughs> it looks just like it. I'm going to reach my hand in there, and then my hand's going to fucking start developing wrinkles and shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's so right. Hell yeah. What a good fucking uh, movie. Yeah. Two thumbs way, way up. That's um, a Hercules so, yeah. joke within a Hercules joke. <laughs> we need to move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... Let's talk about the card, I guess. I guess. Adeem's um, Awakening? Agadeem's? Agadeem's? Fucking... Why you got to do this to us, man? I don't know. We're fucking illiterate. Yeah. A's Awakening. Yeah, A's Awakening. So A's Awakening <laughs> is black, black, black X for a sorcery. It says return from your graveyard to the battlefield. Any number of target creatures that each have a different converter mana cost X or less. Um, It's a fine card. Yeah, I mean, I obviously I'm going to say it. Commander, I mean, these this a lot all these lands have a lot of application in Commander because of their utility and not many other places are you going to have that many different like yeah you could play this for six mana and get three cards back to the battlefield but that's going to be a lot of work in like a 60 card format yeah it just really doesn't seem very applicable for anything outside of commander but you have a good sized graveyard in commander and you play this for eight mana and even if you hit three to five creatures it's going to be so valuable and so much more so much easier to accomplish yeah i i agree with that yeah, nothing crazy. Um, that price is definitely the this nine dollar tag that I see on it's definitely going to go down in my opinion. But maybe I'm fucking super wrong. No, I think you're 100 percent right. I think that card is going to be significantly less. But a card that I can see going up though, Drana, the last Blood Chief. Yeah, these next two are pretty fucking good. 
Yeah, both of these next two cards are pretty insane. But Drana is a legendary creature. She's a vampire cleric for three in two black. She's a four four flyer. Whenever she attacks, defending player chooses a non-legendary creature card in your graveyard. You return that card to the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it. It's also a vampire in addition to its types. Yeah. That's a lot of text. Yeah. It is, and all of it's relevant. This could just be an incredible mono black, like reanimator commander. Is that it Zach dead. Oh, absolutely. This is a Zach card through and through. <laughs> like, it does everything you want. It gets your opponent dead. It by itself reanimates creatures like multiple times. So it's not just like a one time you cast a spell, it's done. Like, this can just be a reoccurring reanimation thing. This card is what's up. And it's reasonably costed, too. Like, five yeah. minutes for your commander is not bad at all. No, for a 4-4 four, four flyer, that's a good body in the air for 5 mana with an amazing ability. Yeah, it's mono-colored commander, but even if you're not playing it as your commander, still a fucking good card, period, yeah. and a lot of blackness. Has a lot of places it can go. And it says attacks, which is important, not deals combat damage. So if as long as you get this thing sideways, right. you're getting that creature, that feels pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, especially if you throw it into some sort of, like, black-red deck, there's a lot of ways you can turn that sideways a lot faster. Haste this bad girl up and get her gone. Hell yeah, Tokyo Drift style. And let's talk about Scourge of the Skyclaves. Scourge of the Skyclaves. This card is pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah, he just looks like such a fucking badass, too, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, the art is excellent. He reminds me of, like, a Dragon Ball Z character. <laughs> Like, the art is very DBZ. Like, he looks like Cell. Yeah, I can't wait to watch 30 episodes of someone powering up to watch 60 episodes of him fighting. It's going to be a fucking riot. No, that's what's up. Hell yeah. Yeah, this is Cell's 46th form, I think. <laughs> is actually Scourge of the Skyclave. But yeah, this card is uh, one in a black mana. And it says, whenever you cast this spell, if it was kicked, each player loses half their life rounded up. The kicker cost is four in a black. And it also says Scourge of the Skyclave's power and toughness are each equal to 20 minus the highest life total among players. So uh, this is a weird one. This is hard to judge. It is, but I don't see this coming down for and not being like a fucking 5-5. Five, five. Oh, I agree. At least for two mana. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean all, like, it, all it has to be got to is... kick it. So it's going to be seven, I guess, for that insane shit. But I mean, if your opponent, like in the world of modern, where people are fetching and shocking and stuff like that, hey, shout out, fetch and shock. Um, Good one. In that world of modern, this thing is just very often, like you said, going to be just like a five, five or two. Yeah, 100. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I was trying to put the card together in segments, but not fucking necessary to be relevant. Yeah, honestly, the kicker cost is... Uh, pretty superlative and in corner cases where it's just like oh your opponent's at like six and you just like half their life total and bolt them but like I don't I don't actually care about that I care about this thing coming down as like a big fat body like a death shadow for just two mana I'm trying to think of ways that are there things that bolt you and your opponent simultaneously um I'm sure there there has to be something out there right because if there's anything turn one you could do reasonably to just drain you and your opponent decently and equally. Dropping this guy turn two has so much fucking value. It's insane. I love this thing. I can yeah, see I... that $11 going up if someone figures out the right spot in a good format to play this, which I, mean, I see happening. That's the thing, right? Like Death Shadow 
when it came out, everybody was just like, whatever. And then forgot about it for like a decade. Right. And then somebody built the Death Shadow deck in Modern, and now Death Shadow's a mainstay. Yeah, it's a really good fucking deck. And like, obviously people see these kind of cards and know that there's potential. It just takes some time. Yeah, to work out the kinks. Right. And it just takes the right format or the right bumps in formats or the right gaps to be filled in those formats. Yeah, I'm excited to see where this guy goes, for sure. Agreed. Now, the next card I want to talk about. I wonder what it is. It is actually, because we mentioned that uh, Drana was a Zack card. This next card is a Zack card through and through. Yep, because I know what we're talking about. We're talking about Nighthawk Scavenger, my dude. Yeah. Um, let's take it back to Innistrad. Nothing about... Z oh, no, it is Zendikar. Oh, my God, I just remembered it was originally printed in Zendikar. Oh, not yeah, Innistrad. Oh, my God, Mr. Vampire fucking Nighthawk. Here's a better fucking version of it. Why not? Vampire Nighthawk was such a solid uncommon. I remember being younger and looking at that card and being like, this is the most powerful Magic the Gathering card ever printed, ever. Like, fly, death touch, lifelink for two, three, for three. Yeah, it doesn't really get much better than that, except for now it does. Yeah, now it fucking does. It's a yeah, Tarmogoyf, Nighthawk Tarmogoyf. It is Nighthawk Tarmogoyf almost exactly, because it's the same casting cost, one black black as Vampire Nighthawk. It has yep. the same flying lifelink death touch as Vampire Nighthawk. Yep. But it says, this Nighthawk Scavenger... Its power is equal to one plus the number of card types among cards in your opponent's graveyard. So it is just a perfect merge of Tarmogoyf and Vampire Nighthawk. It's so badass. What a very good card. Yeah, this card is super sick. Like, at very least, it's a three mana one three if your opponent has literal nothing. Right. But when is that ever going to be the case? Almost never. I see a lot of the time this coming down as like a, I mean, like a Tarmogoyf. A Tarmogoyf, I think, on average, is either a 2-3 or a 3-4. So this is coming down, and it's either a 2-3 or, or a 3-3 a three, three or a 4-3. Which is just insane value. Mm-hmm. Especially because it can almost only go up from there. I mean, if it's going to go down, it's going to go back down to probably a 1-3, and that rug's going to be pulled from you. But, I mean, it's probably going to be a nice gradual increase up to 5 when it plateaus, more or less. Yeah, but also... It doesn't have the thing with Tarmogoyf where if they clear graveyards, Tarmogoyf is just useless. This thing, if you clear graveyards, is still a 1-3 flying lifelink death charge. Like, it can still tangle. Yeah, it can definitely still be a removal spell, honestly. Yeah, so shout out to uh, Nighthawk Scavenger making yeah. Tarmogoyf look like child's play. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Eh, it's kind of close. <laughs> yeah, I can dig it. I really dig it. I do want to touch on Null Priest of Oblivion, another one of these two-drop kicker cards. Um, one in a black for a 2-1, Menace in Lifelink, with a kicker cost of three in a black when it enters the battlefield. If it was kicked, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, just pretty good. Another just solid two-drop with late-game shit going on. Yeah. I like it. Nothing crazy. No, this is going to be a very good like card in Limited. And I could see it having some application in Constructed, depending on where that whole thing goes. Yeah, for sure. I don't know enough about Constructed to get, like, an educated toss into that mix, but... Yeah, I think I it's like almost it. too much mana for it to be a very large player without there being some kind of swing in how Constructed is being played. But I wouldn't rule that this card out at all. Word up. Um, definitely like the art on Soul Shatter. 
a ton. Three drop instant with like that dragon going on, but it's like the light colors. Um, this, that's a very that, different art too. Yeah, it super is. Um, I need to look more into this Wiley Beckert, apparently. Yeah, pretty, shout out to him because spot. his art's sick. Pretty good fellow. Yeah. And um, then I, the last black card that I wanted to mention was just the uh, Hagramalling, which is the just rare land flip spell. This one costs one last to cast if an opponent controls no basic lands and it's two black black, destroy target creature. Having a land that's a removal spell seems pretty good to me, so I'm going to say this card is pretty good. Yeah, fair enough. Seems good. And hey, we're going to leave that one on seems good. Yeah, what else seems good? Another Wily Beckert art. Thwart the Grave. This I looks did like, really like that cover art. of a uh, post-hardcore album that I can't think of right now. You're right, I don't know. It almost looks like those two arts could be like one of the same piece. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Like that's just very reminiscent of this guy's style. I don't I don't know if I've ever seen any of his other art, at least in my mind's eye. I know actually there's one other removal spell from a previous set. I think it has Obnixilus in the art that looks like very similar to this. I wonder if he did that. I would assume so. Yeah, definitely liking this artist. I'm gonna have to look into this. Yeah, I can I can dig it. All yeah, right, that's Peter, are you ready to move to uh, some cards of the red variety? Hell yeah. Well, let's start off with a big dumb red mythic dragon. Oh yeah, this guy. This card is pretty good. Yeah, um, that card's 100%. Leyline Tyrant. For two and two red, you get a 4-4 flyer, and it says you don't lose unspent red mana at the end of phases. So you can just, like, you know, add all of your red mana. You just never get rid of it. That's no. not a very red ability. No, it's not. It's, uh, super, it's is, a like super that. white ability, actually. Seems like a super green ability, too. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, but also, whenever Leyline Tyrant dies, you may pay any amount of red mana. When you do, it deals that much damage to any target. Yeah, that seems good as well. Yeah, so uh, just bank all of your extra red mana. When this guy kicks the bucket, you dome your opponent for all of it. That yeah, seems okay. seems very okay. That seems, yeah, hyper okay. This next card that we're going to talk about, Morog Fury of Akum. Uh, yeah, that's an insane card. This card makes me want to throw up in my own mouth. Yeah, when it was originally spoiled, I had to reread it like three or four fucking times because I wasn't. I didn't get it. I got it like the second time and then the third and fourth time. I just wasn't buying it. Yeah, that's the thing. I think everybody, everybody understood the card when they first read it. Right. But. Because of how absolutely ridiculous it is, they needed to reread it another three or four times. This card is a six mana six six. It's four and two red. It is a legendary creature Minotaur Warrior. And it says each creature you control gets a plus one plus O oh for each time it has attacked this turn. Now, I know you're asking me, Tyler, why is that relevant text? And I'm going to tell you. It's because <laughs> this card also has landfall. And it says whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, if it's your main phase, there's an additional combat phase after this phase. At the beginning of that combat, untap all creatures you control. Yeah, this is um, this is a thing. Yeah, I am. That triggers once in a turn. That's fucking insane. But you're obviously not going to be playing this in a deck that's focused on triggering it just once. If it's I mean, going to work, it's going to trigger... This could, This thing could fucking trigger... Imagine four combats. I mean, three lands in you, your do turn. Do you need four? 
Like, you probably only need, like, two additional combats. It's like giving someone a hundred life set. It's just, like, principle. You can do it. You might as well. <laughs> it's like a cart kiosk. It's repetitive and redundant. Repetitive. No, but, because, like, here's the thing. I don't know if you've ever heard of these things. They're kind of popular in Magic. They're called fetch lands. Never heard of her. Yeah, those are two land drops. So yeah. in the world where you play this, fetch land, fetch the land, that's three combats that turn. Your opponent's dead. Yeah, this is going to be played in a lot of places. Aside from Commander being six mana, is this going to show up anywhere else? Um, I would. I think I'm going to be hard-pressed to find a world where this doesn't see play in Standard and Pioneer. Okay, or... I don't, I don't think this is ever going to be a modern card. I don't think it's ever going to be a legacy or vintage card, obviously. But uh, this card just on power level alone, if this somehow doesn't find its way into a standard deck or making its own standard deck, I'd be amazed. Yeah, I definitely also want to see whatever card it was before that I need to follow that I already forgot about. Must have been important. I definitely want to follow this one, too, and see what deck it ends up in. Oh, the black two drop. I definitely want to see what deck yes, both yes. of these cards follow. Yeah, that would be a very cool. Very Are there cool. any other uh, red cards that you're particularly interested in? Fuck, just two for you, bud. I mean, there are some other cool ones. Yeah, I like this warrior. That's it's the two drop. Nothing crazy. Um, I definitely think this Magmatic Chandler is going to be a thing in Standard. I don't know enough about Standard and Pioneer, but uh, a 4-4 four, four for two is definitely possible there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I definitely see that thing going places. It kind of reminds me, though, of, like, that 1-1 one, one Angel, or the 3-3 three, three Angel that you can't play your first few turns. Oh, Sarah Avenger. Like, yeah, but it has, it's like, a bunch of crazy shit. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that, but red, I feel like you can... Until turn feels, three. Yeah, but this feels way better, honestly. Like, you can get Absolutely. this down a lot faster. I agree with that. Um, goblins are fun. The end. Oh, oh wait. Oh. Really like this Wayward Guide Beast. Really oh. like this card. I it's mean, a it is one just a... red for a 2-2 two, two, Trample in Haste. When it deals combat damage to a player, balance the land you control to its owner's hand. Um, definitely going to be cool in a landfall format. Super fucking aggressive. The art is hysterical. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just a it's a bad version of Goblin Guide. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Goblin Guide is uh, just dumb. So and expensive. It's also dumb expensive. Well, it's true. It? Maybe it's not. Um, it's it's definitely a couple bucks though. But regardless, I mean, if a bad version of Goblin Guide, I'm sure can still find a home somewhere. Yeah, it's still seven dollars. Yeah, for sure. I mean. Definitely in Standard and Pioneer, where Goblin Guide is not. Very true. Absolutely. Yeah, nothing else too special in Red. I love Goblins, so it's fun to see a lot of those in the set. Yeah, I mean, I like the flip rare, <laughs> the Valakid Awakening. Oh, uh, the like, X one? Kind or... of like Wheel oh, no, of that's the Mythic. Yeah, the, the Mythic one I'm not too excited about. The yeah, X spells or whatever. XX, or it's or X, X Red Red, where, I mean... It deals X damage divided as you choose among any two target creatures or planeswalkers. If X is six or more, you deal twice X among uh, among those targets instead. That's, I mean, it's a removal spell, but it's red. Like, you really just want to be going to the head with stuff like that. Right. And it can't do that. So I'm not sold. Fair enough. Um, I'm actually definitely not done with red. We have two cards that could see play. In not just standard commander, pioneer, 
but like you know good formats oh well, like, at least at, at least one potentially maybe this Akalm hellhound i think okay. the skyclave gop is way too high costed but there's other landfall things like this it's a one red for a zero one with landfall and when it triggers hellhound gets plus two plus two until end of turn which i mean can be pretty fucking good i know that there's i don't think it's this one but i know that there's a decent pump landfall trigger in this set that came out that does some good fucking shit yeah i think it might even be this one like i see this thing doing things that's all i'm gonna say it's pretty fucking general but it's a good fucking card you're talking about the Hellhound, the Akum yeah. Hellhound. Yeah, not the GOP. I revoke my GOP comment. It's still a good card. I mean, the For, Hellhound but, is also very reminiscent of a white card that came out in Original Zendikar that was almost as a... The Link, Step Link. Yes, exactly. Yes, that's it's what I'm trying to fucking It's the exact same about. card, but red. one white, 01, landfall, plus two, plus two until the end of turn. Yeah. And that card saw play in Modern. Modern is a very different world now than when that card was the thing. Something to keep an eye on. Right on. And also, yeah, these showcase promos, there's one for the Minotaur, the crazy-ass one, and I can only imagine that that price is going to be insane. And then this uh, this Spitfire, Legac, or whatever. I love all these arts. They're really good. What do we have after red? There's another color left, isn't there? Oh, yeah. There is. It's green. And oh, I would say yes. green cards are very good. Who would have thought? Ancient Green Warden. That card is stupid. Yeah. Like, that card is very stupid. That card's dumb. It is a six mana, five, seven, because of course it is. It has <laughs> reach, which also people out there, because you're going to be playing against this card. Uh, don't forget it has reach. You're going to get a creature blocked by this thing that has flying. And you're going to be like, fuck, I didn't know that thing had reach. It has so much other text. And your opponent's going to be like, hi, idiot. You should have read the card. So don't forget this guy has reach. Because he also says, you may play land cards from your graveyard, and if a land entered the battlefield, causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Sure does. That's gross. Yeah, landfall twice. Yeah, not even just landfall, but like abilities that lands have, that when they enter the battlefield, like Valakit triggers twice, Field of the Dead triggers twice. Jeez, yeah. Gross. So gross. Yeah, even just like whenever a permanent enters the battlefield kind of shit like that land is going to trigger that ability. Yeah, that's uh -huh. fucking yeah. $25 yep. currently. I wonder where that will go. Thank you, Wizards, for another stupid, dumb green card for Commander. Yep. Oh, God, it never ends. Another dumb, stupid green card for Commander. Ashaya, Soul of the Wild. Five mana for a star star. Its power and toughness is equal to the number of lands you control and non-token creatures you control are forests in addition to their other types timmy's zendikars are rising all over the world right now this is <clears> the <throat> biggest timmy card i've seen in a while yeah that crag plate ballot too that's a pretty big timmy card but yeah this card is pretty neat yeah 100 percent. we've never i've never seen anything like that like your non-token creatures are forests Aside from like uh, like specific ones, like making just certain creatures land or lands into certain creatures or like the Dryad Arbor. Not, is it Dryad Arbor? The weird... Dryad Arbor is a creature that is a forest, yeah. Word, or is yeah. a land, yeah. Always love that card. But yeah, you don't see this kind of ability a lot and it's really neat for sure. Yeah, I mean, I love unique cards, don't get me wrong. But does it have to be green? <laughs> Fair enough. 
It's not really even blowing me out of the water. I don't see this in white. Maybe like a blue thing with like water tentacle things, I guess, instead of the ivy. I don't fucking know. I'm just sick of seeing green cards, man. Like that's just that's just where I'm at. Like I don't get me wrong, love green cards. I hear Uh, you. They're too much. They have definitely been a lot. There's the green fatigue is real in Magic the Gathering right now. But yeah, because this uh, mythic land from green is also very fucking good. Oh, yes. Let's yeah, let's talk about that real quick. It is uh, turn timber symbiosis is a sorcery spell. It is four and three green. It says, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may put a creature card from among them on the battlefield. If that card has converted man and costs three or less, it enters the battlefield with three additional plus one plus one counters. Then you put the rest on the bottom in a random order. Yeah, that's um, looking at the top seven. That's a lot of cards. It's not a little amount of cards. Like, you no. can find a lot of sweet shit. Especially if you set it up that way. If you scryed for maybe, who knows? Yeah, or if your deck's just packed <clears throat> with hitters. Yeah. You're going to find a hitter. Which you can do if you're playing a seven-drop green card. You probably have hitters in your deck. I would go ahead and assume that you have some hitters there, yeah. <laughs> Fucking bonkers. Yeah, I'm kind of... I've grown on the page with you that these lands are pretty insane. Especially being able to come in untapped. Yeah, the mythic rares that can come in untapped are just extra icing on the cake. Don't get me wrong. They're even the rare ones that come in tapped. Some of them are just out of this world. They're good. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Also, can we just give a quick shout out to one of my all-time favorite cube cards, Lotus Cobra? Yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I want to give so happy a, they reprinted this. a special shout out to this showcase in general. Oh, I know yeah, I've talked a lot about these gorgeous. showcases. But far and away, the best showcase promo, the best promo from this set, in my opinion, is this motherfucking Lotus Cobra. The uh-huh. colors are in fucking sane. I love this thing so much. And if they printed a fucking like shirt or something with this design on it, I'd buy it up. And I don't buy a lot of dumb shit like that, but I love this thing. I love it. I love it so much. It is very Lotus Cobra art, too, with, like, the very yeah. vibrant color. Hell yeah. It fits the card so well. Scoot, Scoot Swarm. Shout out to the Scoot Mob. Yeah, shout out to uh, OG Scoot Mob. Love that yeah. card. Um, Gotta love those low drops. Nothing else? I mean, like, there's obviously some good shit in green. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's too crazy. But I'm not really, not really seeing anything else too crazy. I mean, I think I'm I think that's I'm happy with the green cards there. Yeah, I like might of Marasa's art a lot with this like frog in the greens. Big fan of that. Yes, I do agree with that. Oh, we got Wiley Becker back for reclaimed the wastes. Man, this guy's fucking art is so good. Oh, he's up there, man. He is hitting. He immediately immediately got put into like the second place spot for me. Mm. Sorry, Sebby. You're number three. Oh, I love being there for this this revelation of yours. <laughs> and Not only is Zendikar rising, but Wiley's <laughs> rising too. That's right. That oh, list. man, my Wiley is risen. <laughs> and this uh, Tadru Blightblade, a one drop, one one with Death Touch, but it's an elf and a rogue. And I think we've only seen this in like snakes and stuff. I'm probably wrong, but the only one one death touches that i can think of for one in green were like spiders and snakes not elves yeah insects in general yes yeah, so there's like a scorpion too may oh yeah definitely definitely or that there's might insects. be black but yeah this is uh those are 
definitely relevant uh relevant typing especially for uh, a little bit of popper action yeah i like the canopy ballot reprint its art is fucking super good um yeah that's pretty good for green Alrighty, let's move on to some colorless cards now okay there's some artifacts that were pretty bonkers that were printed and again Absolutely. guess what format that they would be bonkers in who would have thought weird that uh you know commander has cards that are really good Oh, yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Crazy. The one that I saw that was going to be dumb in Commander, I think, Skyclave Relic. Oh, it is yeah. Three mana. Yeah. Kicker, uh, yeah. three. It's indestructible, which is neat. And it enters the battlefield. If it was kicked, create two tapped tokens that are a copy of Skyclave Relic. And it's just a mana rock that taps for any color. What am I thinking of Darksteel Ingot? Is this just a yep. better Darksteel Ingot? It is a much better Darksteel Ingot, yes. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Love it. Yeah, you cannot go wrong with that. Nope. There's also two bonkers mythics that came with this. Yes. Forsaken Monument. That is a card. Yeah. It's a, it's five mana. Legendary artifact. Uh, colorless creatures get plus two, plus two. And whenever you tap a permanent for colorless, add an additional colorless, or I guess generic. And then whenever you cast a colorless spell, gain two life. Sure, so why this, not? Yeah, because this makes paint lands tap for two colors so it's a painless ancient tomb awesome yeah it makes eldrazi temple task tap for three yeah that, super fucking good for yeah. and it, it all, there's so many good artifact under decks and this is going to fit into every single every one single of one of them yeah any mono color commander or mono non-color commander deck this just slots right into no problem whatsoever hell yeah and one that you don't need artifacts for um lithoform engine this is a four-drop legendary artifact that reads two colorless and tap it. Copy target activated or triggered ability you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. Three and tap it. Copy target instant or sorcery spell you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. Or four and tap it. Copy target permanent spell you fucking control. That copy becomes a fucking token. Are yeah, you fucking sure. serious? Sure. Have, have we ever seen this? I don't think so. Um, We might have, but not on something that can just continually repeat that thing. Yeah, I mean, like, in blue, like, making a token of a copy or a copy of target permanent you own is a thing for sure. Yeah. But to do it over and over and just a target permanent spell, like, worded like that, especially, it's crazy. What a it is pretty fucking bonkers. insane card. Yeah, just copy whatever the fuck you want. Who cares? Yeah, that's going to be a commander all-star. No question. Hell yeah. So many decks will run that. Because who doesn't want more of the thing that they're already putting in your deck? Like, you're putting something in your deck for a reason. If you can copy it over and over and over, sure, why not? Without taking more fucking value out of your hand. Oh, yeah. Like, you take away the thing about commander, the singleton part. Right. Like, that's a bummer sometimes. This just makes it so it's not as much of a bummer. You say it's a bummer. I say it's my favorite part of the format, but I saw. Oh it. no, I agree that it's a great part of the format. <laughs> but when you can have two of a great thing instead of just one of a great thing, it's pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, like in saying that, I wouldn't run this card for reasons that you've influenced because it does do exactly that, and it will take away from a singleton format by copying those single cards. And so I do one hundred percent. To my core, I think this this is the best commander card that was printed in this set. Just like overall, not the best for a color, 
but just the best overall. But I would never ever fucking put it in any of my commander decks ever. I, and I agree with you 100%. This is more, it's more <laughs> of a principle thing than a power level thing. Yeah. But yeah, this is, I think, that, like you said, the best card for commander in the set on a just generic flatline base. Base, baseline. What about other artifacts in the set? Anything uh, else I, uh, stand I mean, out to you? That, those are the rare ones are the only the ones that really stand out to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, nothing else too crazy there. No, you want to move on to some multicolored cards? Um, I sure do. Oh my God, do I ever. Oh, do you got something you want to talk about, bud? I got one that I like just because I always like it. What is it? Omnath. I fucking yes. love Omnath. And this just made my Zendikar so fucking risen for the fifth Omnath that is eventually going to come out because it's inevitable now, right? Like, so he's just going to... five color Omnath, yeah. Yeah, and I can't fucking wait for it. I love mono-green Omnath. I love red-green Omnath. I love fucking rug Omnath. And now I love this four-color Omnath. Like, I don't care what they do. I always love their arts, and I... I'll, I could force myself to like their ability, but I always naturally like their ability. Is a red, green, white, and a blue for a 4-4 when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Why not? Um, it's also called Omnath Locus of Creation. And it has landfall, because they all have fucking landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, gain four life if it's the first time this ability is resolved this turn. If it's the second time, add red, green, white, blue. If it's the third time, it deals four damage to each opponent and each planeswalker you don't control. So again, just trying to influence you to play a bunch of fucking lands on the same turn, which is super cool. Love it. Love the art. Super colorful. It's like when fucking Aang is like going crazy avatar state and he's doing like all four at once because obviously it's sub black and like he's hitting all four of these fucking bases basically. <laughs> I love this. He's fire nation, earth nation, airbending, and fucking water nation all at the same time. I love this card five times as much as when we started talking about it 10 seconds ago. Okay, and now you've gotten me more excited about this card. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just generically nuts. Like the yeah. card is insane. Super but, cool. Four drop, four, four, draw a card. Perfect. Great. I love that. The fact that all all of its abilities, too, for each time you trigger it, trigger, like, a different part of its essence yes. as far as its, its color identity, that's extra cool. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's coming into place, making you draw a card. There's the blue. You gain four life. There's the white. Second time it resolves and it's adding mana, there's the green. The third time, when it's dealing four damage to everything, there's the red. It comes together. Like, the continuity in that card is above almost any other continuity in this set including that fucking like the glass pool fucking thing yes i and, agree like, with that by a little bit but this far and away just takes the cake yeah i i really really do enjoy how this card came together fuck yeah all nasty slaps yeah moving away from a power standpoint or moving away from at least a flavor standpoint to a power standpoint okay uh, new nissa yeah, Nunes is awesome. She's and I disgusting. do love Golgari. Favorite color combo. So she well, uh, Nissa is a very good Golgari card. It is Nissa Shadowed Bows for <laughs> two black green. She's a four mana loyal or four loyalty planeswalker. She has landfall. So whenever you play a land, you put a loyalty counter on her. Which is fucking plus nuts. One, yeah, that's disgusting. For plus one, you untap a land you control. It becomes a three-three with haste and menace until the end of turn, it's still a land. And then minus five, you may put a creature card with convert a mana cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control onto the battlefield from your hand or graveyard with two plus one plus one counters. This card's gross. Yeah, if you look up the definition of bonkers in Webster's, it's that minus five ability. 
Oh yeah. Because you're going to get those fucking counters so, so easy. Loyalty. Yeah. Fucking insane. Like you could turn five or you could ultimate that if you want to call it an ultimate, I guess. I mean, it is. Yeah, I would call it an ultimate. The first turn it comes down, you play your cards, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, fucking even if you're doing it for four mana, that's still awesome. You're still getting, you're still above curve getting that value of creatures that like that. Yeah, that value between two creatures or two permanents down or two spells in general down. It's fucking insane. Super good. Nissa is nuts. Yeah, I love it. Love it being in green black. Love the art. Love her little spear. Yeah, everything about her is great. Yeah, 100%. Do you like this Nahiri? You got comments about her? There's a new Nahiri Planeswalker. Um, she's fine. I'm not particularly happy with her, but like, she's okay. Fair enough. We don't have to talk about her. I don't give a shit. She was in the trailer. I watched the trailer. She was in the trailer. The trailer was good. It was all right. It didn't really tickle my fancy like the other trailers did because it was more of like a story focused trailer instead of just like a we're showcasing the set with something very cool. Right. It seemed like it was more like story driven than just cool driven. Yeah. And I really wanted to see that little artifact thing that she has as a card, but it's apparently not a card because we have. It is not. That is true. I assumed that we would have hit it, you know, in the colorless section a few moments ago, but we did not. So, well, that's the thing, too. They are starting to release story again on Magic or on the Magic website on the mothership. Oh, yeah. The weekly story segments are back. That's awesome. Two out for Zendikar. I have not got to read them yet because I've been a little busy. But when I get around to reading them, I hope they give more insight into what the fuck that thing is and why it's important. Hell yeah. Um, Yeah, if you read it, I'll sure that you'll talk about it on the podcast because you used to at least try to dabble into it when they i mean when it was relevant at least you brought it up so yeah now that it's back into relevancy i do want to get back into that part of magic because i do i genuinely enjoy the lore fuck yeah yeah i do too i just don't really follow it but i like hearing about it i mean that's the same with like star wars like i'm not the biggest star wars fan but just hearing like that extra lore from like zach and one of his homies like flesh like his old college friend and stuff like it was really cool to hear about like Darth Maul's like little side stories and shit in the Clone Wars that I would have never known about otherwise, or like Darth Maul's like brother or some fucking weird shit. I don't know. Like yeah, more, about more is cool. tight, even if like I'm not gonna fucking read it myself. It's still fucking cool to hear about. Absolutely. Um, are there any other colorless cards that you are really excited about? You mean multicolor? Or yeah, multicolor cards. Yep. Um, this serpent I see doing some cool stuff. Like I definitely see these cards doing some cool things but nothing's like blowing me out of the water at least not in the rare mythic slots for the rest of those i like rush fire elemental a lot a lot a lot it's a red and a green for a one one with haste it's an uncommon it can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less and whenever a land or battlefield under your control gets plus two plus two until end of turn that's a pretty good little aggressive card i definitely see that being played maybe like a girl aggro deck Law Mage is familiar. It's just cute as fuck. I don't have to read it. It doesn't matter. It's just really cute. Just the art. Yeah. Some of these legendary creatures are cool. Like the like the Gark Maw, Skyclave Ravager. Like that card's very, very, very cool. I like the new Linvala. All of these multicolored rares are neat. Yeah. But And they're I all gonna be very them. cool commanders. I love new just commander options and to add like 20 new ones. Hell yeah. Yeah. I just want to have the opportunity to kind of tinker around with what I would want to do with these before I give a synopsis of what I think. Fair enough. So that's going to be a future episode where I get to actually play with them for a little bit first. Right. Like you have Zagris, who could another party commander with potential. Exactly. Um, 
Phylath is like a lesser fucking Avenger of Zendikar for Gruul, which is pretty neat. Um, yeah, I'd definitely like to see what people do with commanders, even when I don't play them. Yeah, I want I want an opportunity to play with them before I give my my final opinion. Fair enough. And a so lot of them being the future cheap. episodes. And, you know, I mean, like, not that we've ever talked about it before ever, but a lot of these are already, you know, like around a dollar. And usually these cards go down in price, and usually they're even cheaper on Magic Online. Oh, weird. What would that be useful for? I don't know, but if they hit 0.05 ticks on Magic Online, maybe we could use them in um, a a format called Wood Nickel. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that format. Yeah, you play Commander on Magic Online, but your whole deck, every card in it, has to be less than 0.05 ticks. So you can make a deck for, like, three dollars and you can have a ton of fun with it because there's like 600 commander options and um hit up the fetch and shock discord which you can find a link to in the fetch and shock twitter if you have any interest in playing that with us um <laughs> look at that plug yeah do you want to move on to the lands yeah i mean we could touch on the lands briefly there's not anything crazy um there's kind of something to talk about here besides the rare flagship ones yeah i mean i'm really into these though yeah these are a big deal um, the power level, I think, isn't huge in these, but that doesn't mean they're not cool, right? Like, they don't enter tapped. They do not. You're right. I mean... Which is the cool part. So these are not tapping for both, sure, but these are the perfect turn one through three land, which is where you want them in a lot of formats. See, I feel like these are more of the perfect later turn lands because there are i think they're better lands for early turns at least in modern in my mind okay yeah that's what i was thinking yeah like the lands that enter the battlefield untapped if you control uh less than three lands those are better than these early but these get so much better late game because let's say you need that extra blue to cast cryptic command that's where you get the value from like this blue red flip land or the black uh blue flip land like these get much better as the game progresses because right, then you enough. know what color you need. I got you. Yeah, yeah I like these fair lands. enough. Yeah, super duper. Yeah, they're very cool. Um, the art on all of them are <laughs> very fucking good. Yeah, big fan. Um, yeah, nothing else crazy. There's obvious. There's it's a Zendikar set. There's full arts, and the full arts is arts are new and good. Who would have thought? Yeah, weird that full art lands uh, would have good art. Yeah, and I love them printing these full art sets anytime Zendikar pops up or anything like that. I love the prices of these lands going down because I like um, some sauce in my decks and being able to put cheap basics that have a lot of sauce on them. And them excites me. Yeah, never a bad thing. No. And when these things used to be like several dollars and now they're like a quarter, I love that. Yeah, that's a Zendikar Rising. We went through every single card word for word. Yeah, every single card that's ever existed in yeah. that has Zendikar in the title. Since uh, covered. Alpha. Oh, no, just Zendikar, not Zendikar. My bad. No. Yeah. Okay, but now that we covered this set in its entirety, which we definitely did, what do you think overall of Zendikar Rising? Give me a grade, 1 through 10. Oh, a grade 1 through 10 in reference just overall? Yeah, just overall. All right. I Face value after just going over it, following the spoilers, kind of thinking about its applications in a few different formats. I want to give it, I'm going to give it an eight. And I wanted to give it a seven originally. But because of party, party actually single-handedly bumped it up to it. Oh, I see. Okay, I can get down with that. 
No, this does not, for me, seem like the most fun, like, set to draft. Like, yeah, it's going to be super fun, but not the most. Um, Landfall is always fun. I don't know how crazy Party is going to get, because, like, drafting different pieces of that is going to be really hard. Um, Oh, absolutely. but But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe half the time there's just enough of those Party cards to where... At least throwing them in here and there, they have like enough versatility where it's worthwhile. We'll see, but um, maybe this will like my relationship with Burning Tree Emissary. I also have mixed feelings about Arena, but maybe I'll try to uh, draft this a little bit on Arena because that's a good place to draft. And uh, yeah, that'll be happening next next weekend, so that would be something to do. Yeah, definitely like around an eight, like a seven and a half. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna knock her down to like a seven and a half. And uh, I'll revisit that number. Okay, I can get down with that. But yeah, I like a lot of it. Um, I'm bored by a lot of it. Like a lot of it's like really cool, but not super interesting for me. The art is out of this fucking world, like so consistently. So props to the art director or whoever does all that. And much more importantly, the individual artists. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting at about a seven for that. I got you. Justify that. Um. So... The flavor feels there for me. I don't know what a Zendikar set is supposed to feel like without Aldrazi. I I guess this is what it's supposed to feel like. But without having a benchmark for that, I don't know what I'm supposed to expect. Like, there's supposed to be the adventurer theme, which I think they kind of covered with Party. As far as a limited aspect goes, I mean, Kicker's in it and Landfall's in it. So it can't be an awful limited format. There's just no way. With those two mechanics... It can't be a abysmal limited format. So we have that to look forward to. I'm interested to see what these flip lands do for magic as a whole. Yeah, for uh, sure. That remains to be seen. Party is sweet if it can be done. <clears throat> if it can't be done, it's just like uh, a really cool thing that just fell short and I'm that's going to feel bad. I think it's just going to be like one of those niche decks and like standard maybe pioneer that just doesn't do so hot but it does its job and it's fun to pilot at the very least but it's definitely not going to be top tier i don't think yeah i mean only time will tell right yeah it's just it has that's that's a lot of prereqs to make it worthwhile but again we'll see it'll be like the lands no one fucking knows for the most part until these cards get played i mean like all these prices are just random numbers for the most part at this point very yeah, rough until, outlines. Until we actually get a hold of the cards, these numbers mean nothing. Do you have a top five question for me, maybe? I do not. Okay, how about this? Real fast, right off the top, first three, three things that come to your mind when I say Zendikar. The plane of Zendikar. What are the first three things that come to your mind in no particular order? Okay, the first thing is immediately, and I think this has got to be for almost everybody, Eldrazi. Fair enough. That was number two for me. Eldrazi, Zendikar just screams that. That's the birthplace of Eldrazi, at least yeah, in magic 100%. lore. And it's hard to move away from that. The next thing that comes to mind is land. Just in general? Just in general. Yeah, which I got you. Kind of like, falls into like the landfall mechanic. Yep. It falls into the just the feel of what the plane of Zendikar. the mechanic about making Awaken? Yeah, from yeah, the, like even, the electric boogaloo. But even outside of a gameplay like mechanic thing, 
just the aesthetic of Zendikar is very focused around the lands with like the hedron yeah. and like the big like floating pieces of earth and shit like that. So the land really and fetch lands too. That's another thing. Yeah. That's a thing that really hits home for Zendikar. Um, I would say the the next the the last thing that comes to mind is like the creature types, the cores and the oh, vampires. Allies. And allies of Zendikar. Yep. Like those like cores a hundred percent when I think of Zendikar and I think of a creature that isn't a spaghetti monster, core <laughs> is what comes to mind. And that's another thing I'm not stoked about. Like there's not any really remarkable cores in this new set. That kind of no. bums me out. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, right off the top, I went first thing, kind of odd, Jace the Mind Sculptor. Oh, that is a Zendikar card. It's a World Wake card from OG Zendikar block. Yep. And then I went right into Eldrazi. And then number three, um, equipment, actually. Because oh, that goes along with like the core thing. Yeah, on, yeah, it really does. Because original Zendikar set was pretty fresh when I started playing. So a lot of the cards were still floating around. And I just remember a lot of the common core cards and uncommon core cards and stuff were centered around being attached to equipment or having equipment attached to them, rather. And that just apparently did something to my brain. So, yeah. Well, Robert, do you want to fill the game gap real quick? Yeah, we can do that. I'll lose this fucking game. <laughs> I love the optimism. Yeah, there's no way. I believe Oh, you. do we? I mean, if your page is still up, are there any particular expeditions? Because expeditions have made a return in Zendikar Rising. If you don't know what expeditions are, they're like, extremely fucking rare cards that are seated in some packs and you have the very off chance i don't know what card they're supplemented into the rare slot or the uh, foil slot probably um i believe how... they're just like in a foil yeah they're just like an additional Word. card yeah and they're just really insane bordered rare cards reprints of fetch lands ancient tomb cavern of souls other fancy lands wasteland uh, Wasteland, yes. Um, Valakut, which we talked about earlier a little bit, we dabbled on. Um, Strip Mine, Prismatic Vista, which is pretty new. Yeah, any of these that you really like the art of? Creeping Carpet, maybe? I don't know. That art. I do awesome. like Creepy Carpet. I also like Colonnade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say Celestial Colonnade's new art is super duper fucking cool. The wings on that motherfucker, hell yeah. Love that thing. And Razor Verge Thicket. Ooh. Razor Verge Thicket's art is just out of this world. I can't read. And the board. Oh, yeah. These Very are sweet, good. too. Yeah, I like these. These look good. I like the last expeditions. I know I said I wasn't, like, the biggest fan of these crazy cards, but these ones they definitely do right, and they know it because they have a price tag on them. Yeah, I mean, and these it's are an amount of money. There's not a, I don't think there's a bad one. No. No, definitely not. There's not a bad card printed here, and there's not a bad look to any of the cards printed no. here. But if I had to pick one that is my favorite, is Rage of Second, and it's that's far and beyond. Fair enough. Yeah, that's really good looking. I'll give you that. All right. I just wanted. I was still popped up, so I figured I would ask. But yeah, closing the internet. Well, I'm opening the internet because yeah. we got to move on to our game. That is accumulated knowledge, ladies and gentlemen. So every week we close out the episode. By playing Accumulated Knowledge, it is a game where I go to the Scryfall website and I hit the random card button. A random card pops up and I'm going to ask Rupert the name of that card. He has to give me the mana cost. If he gets it right, he gets a point. And if he gets it wrong, 
he never gets to play a card from Zendikar ever again, even if it's a common. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, well, that's so inevitable. You get three hints, Root, and you have to get three out of five. I've Are never actually played one? this straight up. No, I'm making you play it actual straight up accumulated knowledge. No funny business here. Matt's good at this game. Has been playing pretty much as long as he's been alive, it seems like. And he still loses. So I don't feel awesome. But let's Listen, let's let's go for gold. We're doing it. It is a lot less about the player and a lot more about the scryfall gods shining down on you. Alright, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Cards that are in Slimefoot, cards that would be in Grenzo. Let's go. Well, your first card, uh, you do have the benefit of it being a common. Ooh, that's not great necessarily, but let's try it. Let's try it. Your first card is Essence Warden. Essence Warden. Fuck Essence. Oh, is that the? Oh. <laughs> I want. I want to say it's one green. I want to say it's the thing that makes you gain. It's a one-one for one green that makes you gain one life anytime you play a creature or something like that. Ooh, somebody's got a card in their head. It, I do have a card in my head, and I really hope it's Essence Warden. Um, actually, fuck, it's blowing my load pretty early if I ask for a hint already. And that is a pretty early load blow. Premat help me premature ejaculation, man. <laughs> I'm coming! <laughs> um, um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say one green. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Rupert. Yeah. You were thinking of Essence Warden. Fuck Yeah. Yeah, Essence Warden is exactly the card that you described. One green mana for a 1-1 Elf Shaman. When a creature enters the battlefield, you gain one life. Yeah, brother. One for one. All right. All right. Oh, Fucking pretty good, man. <laughs> Are you ready for your second card? <laughs> I'm riding pretty high right now. So I like... think this one's also pretty gettable. All right. It is chart a course. Chart? Is that three words? Yeah, chart a course. It sounds like a blue card. Chart. I say it sounds like a white card. It's probably not either of those fucking things. It's probably green. <laughs> chart a course. Can I, I give you... its ability? Like what, what the do... card does. What does this motherfucker do? So chart a course says draw two cards, then discard a card unless you attacked with a creature this turn. <sighs> I have no fucking clue what color it is now. I want to say it's red. Ugh. Draw two cards. You're all over the place, my dude. Draw two cards. Repeat that, sorry. Yeah, draw two cards, then you discard a card, unless you attacked with the creature this turn. I'm going to say two and a red. Rupert, is that your final answer? Yes. That is incorrect. It is one and a blue. Fuck me. Chart, of course, is from Ixalan, the pirate set, because of the mechanic in that set that said if you attacked this turn, creatures did an ability. I believe that was the... Raid mechanic? Scoff. And this kind of fit into that thing. I love Charter Course. Charter Course is sick. Yeah, that's a good card. The discard threw me. Uh, Yeah, I can see how but that But there's happen. so much looting in blue, so that checks out. I should have went with my gut. Well, you have the opportunity that's all right. to redeem yourself. That's all right. One for one. We're good. I still got to get two more. We're good. Your next card is Rhyme Feather Owl. It's what? Rhyme Feather Owl. Rhyme Feather Owl. Yes, it's Rhyme Feather is one word, R-I-M-E-F-E-A-T-H-E-R, Rhyme Feather. R-I-M-E. I'm thinking blue. I think it's a back-to-back, back-to-back blue card. Rhyme Feather. It's blue or white. I don't see owls in anything else, I don't think, but I definitely see them more predominantly in blue as far as I can think of. Rhyme Feather. I don't want to say it's low cost. It's either two and a blue or three and a blue. 
If I get this wrong, though, I'm fucked, so I might as well use another hint. Can I get its power toughness? <laughs> yeah, you can. Uh, it is a star star. I'm going to say three and a blue. Rupert, it is five and two blue. What the fuck? That's insane. Why? Yeah, this card is I'm a... not going to get that. Interesting that is. So, yeah, Rhyme Feather Owl. stars represent? For five blue blue, you get a star star snow creature bird. <laughs> it has flying and... Its power and toughness are each equal to the number of snow permanents in play. And for one in a snow, you put an ice counter on target permanent. Permanents with ice counters on them are snow. I hate that. I hate snow. I hate that card. I hate seven drops. I hate asterisks. Yeah, that is a... Uh, You're still weird. asking me the other one. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you still can win. Oh, yeah, I guess I still can win. I'm rolling myself out too early. I just got to get two more. Bang, bang. You do have to get two more. Are you ready for your next one? Well, I was like half ready for the last one, but apparently not. So let's try it out. Your next one is Rolling Earthquake. (sighs) It's red. (laughs) (sighs) I immediately want to say it's two red, red, like all of them. All of those motherfuckers are two red, red. But this is not what I think it is. No, it's not. This is an X spell, isn't it? This is going to be some fucking weird-ass X and a red or an X and a red, red. Fuck. <laughs> I know it is now, because I was thinking of rolling terrain at first, which is two red, red. It destroy target land, and then it deals two plus damage equal to the number of rolling to lanes in the fucking graveyard, Ooh. I think. But it's not that. It's rolling fucking earthquake. It's, uh, it's not just earthquake, which is X and a red rolling earthquake so it's probably xx red or x red red oh i'm probably looking way too fucking far into this oh my god rupert you, I, I have hints what's it you do? do have two hints just tell me what it does rolling earthquake deals x damage to each creature without horsemanship and each player yeah so this thing's older than i am <laughs> no that's not possible but it's pretty fucking close <laughs> To horsemanship, fuck. It's, ah, oh, it's going to be something weird. Don't overthink it. Like Kenny Beats once said. <laughs> oh, you telling me that just makes me want to say X in a red. But don't think that that's right. Oh, now we're getting into the meta game. Fuck me. I know that there's one stupid one like this, and I'm probably going to lose anyway, so I'm going to guess that it's the stupid one. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say X, one, colorless, and a red. Rupert. Yeah. Is that your final answer? Yeah, that is incorrect. Well, buddy, it is X and a red. Fucking, of course it is. <laughs> it's too fucking easy. Told you I had the meta call on you there. God damn it. And you knew it. Oh. You know, I'm fucking looking into X spells earlier, too. I dropped the ball saying that I fucking didn't like X spells earlier. Well, fun fact, I'm trying to use that legendary creature that got bumped down to fucking uncommon to make an oh, it was X a spell deck. I don't know if I want to make it a popper commander or a wood nickel commander yet, but I'm making an X spell commander deck all the same. And I mean, like, not that that would be put in it because I'm sure that it's rare, but yeah, X spells all the same or fucking there's something else. Ask me number five anyway. So. Your number five one is has to be a uh, easy one. It is air elemental. Three blue blue. Look at that. Didn't even need the last hint. He got it. Yeah, it's a four three flyer. No, it's a three four, four, four flyer. What's oh, a four four flyer? You better bet it is. Shit fire. <laughs> that's pretty good. Hey, that's pretty good. Wah, wah. F in the chat. So- Pay your specs for Rupert. F um, in the chat, indeed. I'll open up a uh, 
GoFundMe. Support the Roops. Um, <laughs> this is this is a big loss. It's a big L. You're, well, getting, we're... you're getting the W here. I'll probably still snake something. But... Oh yeah, you're absolutely still getting the uh, the shadow this week. Yeah, naturally. Yeah, I'm not gonna fuck... I'm not gonna kibosh it from you. Every time we have a guest on here, people just know that they don't even have to fucking answer any <laughs> questions. Because it's like I'm just like whatever. I'm a nice guy. I'm just gonna give you the shout out. So Rupert, why don't you go ahead and give it away, even though you didn't earn it? I didn't earn it. I didn't prepare for it. Um, fuck, I don't know, man. Oh, big shout out to this Wiley artist. Let me fucking MT. Oh, oh yeah, the dude. He was pretty much center, front and center for our entire episode. Yeah, Wiley Becker. All right, I am now going to his fucking website. This guy looks okay. I know why I love this guy's artwork. It reminds me of um John Dyer Baisley's artwork. The oh, um, the guitarist. For bear the the vocalist and guitarist for Baroness, the yes. sludge metal band. If yep, anyone I... except for me and fucking Tyler are familiar with this, I know you are. But yeah, this guy's artwork is super fucking insane. It has that like softness to it while like also having the immense detail, like just super far out, kind of trippy, incorporating like nature and just the body and some really cool like lines it's always smooth and yeah this guy's artwork super reminds me of it and yeah yeah if you go and look at any of baroness's album covers you can get a really good example of what rupert's talking about because all the album covers are done by the singer and guitarist yeah john dyer basley i always yep. forget his last name but he's also done a lot of artwork for other um other metal bands that you probably recognize if you like any metal whatsoever you've probably seen this guy's work somewhere but yeah shout out to john dyer basley and shout out to wiley becker um straight that's a good one he did a he did the fey of wishes um alt art oh sick um eldrain yeah eldrain yeah that's one of the only ones that i can see like just right off the top very cool website but yeah super fucking awesome this guy is incredible he has a playing card set it seems like that he did all the artwork for the playing cards he does um yeah, like just regular prints that he sells. He has a Patreon, it seems like. He has YouTube videos of him like doing his artwork, it seems like. Oh, that's well. what's up. Like this website is super fucking cool. I will link this um, immediately into the Discord because this guy deserves, yeah. um, deserves a lot of love. Holy shit. I'm surprised that I've been overlooking him. This feels like Omar Rayan all over again. Like, Yeah, so don't sleep on this guy. I'm yeah. a great artist. Big shout out, Wiley Becker. Big shout out to you for having me on again. And uh, yeah, big shout out to Matt. Hope everything's still going well there. Big shout out to the guys from Destroy Target Permanent podcast through two weeks ago. The guy associated with him talking about the money. Oh, from the Manorock podcast. Yeah, talking about that cake, that magic cake last yeah, episode. Yeah, Lane from Manorock. Yes, this man. Um, yeah, shout out to him. Check out their podcasts. Uh, fuck yeah. Play Woodnickel. Uh, check the Discord, check the Twitter. Yeah, check out the Twitter at fetch underscore shock. The Discord, again, is in that Twitter and in the description of this episode. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at BasicLandBin. If you want to support the podcast a little bit more, feel free to go over to FlipSideGaming.com. Use the code FETCH at checkout. You'll get 10% off your order. And uh, that tosses a little bit of love our way, so please go do that. Hell yeah, do it, do it. All right, Rupert, well, thanks for coming on again, dude. 
Hell yeah. Thanks for having me again, dude. I appreciate We're gonna it. We're going to have to do this again when we get to uh, play some wood nickel. Hell yeah. We need to do that again soon. It's been a minute. But I got some things in the works, so it'll be fresh the next time we play. Oh, I cannot wait. I can't either. Above, above and beyond the X-Fell thing, I got an even better one. Hell yeah. Well, until then, we oh, will yeah. see, see you later. later. <laughs>